Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. Our purpose is to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're working our way through 1 Timothy in our current series, Behave Yourself. Now let's jump in and hear what Kurt has to say. Welcome back, each and every one of you, to our 15-mile-an-hour journey in Chapter 3. Uh, chapters 1 and 2, we were in the HOV lane, and we were going 65 miles an hour and making good time. But I'll tell you what, John, we got to Chapter 3, and we slowed her way down. Yeah, we sure did. There's some great things in here, uh, and there's some great truths to contemplate. So yes, our our role has been slowed down a little bit. You know, when you read your Bible, don't be so concerned about getting through it in some kind of a preset period of time. Certain passages of Scripture demand more time, especially when the Bible's giving us a list of things here. Uh, these are things that ought to be considered. Remember, if these are qualifications of a bishop, then they have to be considered in terms of a person's life. So you need to take the term and overlay it on a person's experience. I've dealt with many pulpit committees over the years that have called and asked my advice about seeking a pastor, and I inevitably come back to these words and these uh, clauses, uh, these phrases in uh, chapter 3 of First Timothy and and say, carefully consider your candidate in light of these terms. When we're in verse number four, which I, I think I said last episode is the most telling characteristic of leadership. And, uh, and I think you'll see why. Look at verse four. One that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. So first of all, that's that's... One verse, one qualification. We, we, in verse 2, verse 3, we've read many qualifications in one verse. In verse 4, it's one verse, only one qualification, knows how to rule his family. And then verse 5 continues to expand upon that, where it says, if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? So right here in the middle of all of these qualifications that are merely listed, the Bible gives us this main qualification that is expanded upon and then explained uh, further in verse number five. Why? Why is such attention given on this one qualification? You know, I think of the family being instituted by God, the church also instituted by God, and how a man works in his family, how he leads in his family, how he does there is a great indication, uh, a good indication of how he's going to do with more responsibility in another arena. It's a kind of that family's a microcosm of how he's going to be as a leader in a larger area. I, I think I said in an earlier episode, that it's an argument from lesser to greater, not lesser importance. But, you know, if a pastor has, in, in my situation, have four children, if a pastor who has much more authority in his home than he has at church, spends much more time with the people in his home than he does with the people at church, if he can't control his home then how is he going to lead the church? It's an argument of lesser to greater in that, in that respect. So here's a, a pastor that can't even 
guide the behavior of his four children. They're running around the church like hellions and they don't listen when they're called and they just, that's not a good indication of, of leadership. And it's a, it's a, it's a great and telling qualification for any pulpit committee. If you're looking for a pastor, you bring a man in with his family and the kids are disrespectful. Uh, the kids don't obey the first time they're told. Uh, they don't have a good attitude. Uh, then to me, that, that, I don't care how good that guy preaches. I don't care how winsome he is. I don't care how these. I don't care how small of a salary he's willing to take. He he can meet all these other qualifications, but you are seeing in his family a little. I think the word you used, John, was microcosm of what you will see in that church. And it's great to see how the man interacts with his wife, with his kids. You know, if he's speaking harshly to his kids, hatefully, you know, being wrathful in the way he approaches them, you, that's a good indication he's not fulfilling the idea of no striker, no brawler, because the way he's interacting with his children and maybe yelling at them. And so as you watch how a man interacts with his family, how he rules in his family, so to speak, how he carries out the authority God's given him, it is a great indication of how he's going to be around other people. Yeah, because there's no doubt that when he first met that woman, that's his wife, he was kind and romantic and used all the right words. But what you're seeing now is what he is after these years of marriage. So really what you're seeing in that marriage is what you will see in this pastor after some years of his being your pastor. So be careful about that one telling illustration in his life. And I think that's why the Bible gives it so much weight here in verses four and five. Look at verse number six, where the Bible says, a pastor is not to be a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. So when the Bible talks about being a novice here, remember, Paul is speaking to Timothy. Timothy's a young man. And in the next chapter, Paul's going to say, don't let people despise the fact that you're young, that that's okay. So Paul is not denigrating youth. He's denigrating inexperience, uh, not a neophyte, not one that's been newly saved, who has received so much responsibility and so much accountability at a very, very early stage because that can lift him up in pride. That's a great observation, Pastor, that we're dealing with what is the maturity level of the individual. You know, a person could be 50 years old but be a novice, you know, be newly saved, really need to be disciple more. But a person could be 25 uh, and be ready to pastor a church. It all depends upon where they at in their spiritual maturation. Where are they at as far as an, an, an individual? in their emotional, you know, security and so forth and so on. And so this being a novice, I, you pastor as well as I, we've seen a lot of people who maybe did not have a lot of experience or entrusted with things that were, they should not have been entrusted with. And really it went to their head and they didn't do well with the responsibility given to them. Yeah. Let time do its work. Uh, let patience have our perfect work. Less being lifted up with pride. You know, getting those those early accolades and that early attention and authority can lift someone up, just like what happened with Satan. Satan's sin was he was lifted up in pride, and the condemnation of the devil is the fact that Lucifer thought he was all that and deserved more. 
He sure did. He thought he was the greatest, thought he was even greater than God. And, you know, that was, Satan was very gifted, very talented. You know, God gave him a lot of power, a lot of authority, a lot of ability. And yet Satan misused what God gave him. And so as people are trained for ministry, it's the reason why it's important to mentor them, to know where they're at. What are they like? Are they really ready to handle this situation? It is interesting to me, Pastor, a lot of, a lot of, trade skills, a lot of jobs that people have to go through, they have to be mentored over time. I think if people become electrician, there's all these things they have to do before they finally are ready to be an electrician out on their own. And when I was younger, I knew some people that had the mentality, hey, if you get the Bible, just go start a church. Well, that's not necessarily true. A person needs to be trained, ready to go before they're ready to lead the flock of God. They sure do, which really leads us to our last verse that deals with pastoral qualifications, and that's verse number seven, where the Bible says, moreover. So in, in addition to everything we've already spoken about, the Bible says, he must have a good report of them which are without, those that are outside of the church, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. So Twice now, in two verses, Paul has brought the devil into play from the standpoint of, hey, it's a real and spiritual battle. And the devil hates the church, and the devil has targeted leaders in the church. That's just the modus operandi of Satan. And so the Bible says that it's important that a pastor who, in many respects, represents the testimony of the church— we, we, we just do that. We associate a church many times with its pastor, right or wrong, that that is an obvious association that the unsaved world makes. Therefore, the pastor must have a good reputation. Does he pay his bills? Is he kind to the waitress? Uh, what would the city councilman say about him? Uh, what about the local law enforcement? Uh, what, what do people think about that pastor who represents that local body of believers? That is a great point that Paul is making here. It reminds us of the responsibility for the man of God to always be aware of what he is doing, to make sure that he is living his life in a way that is testifying to Jesus Christ. You know, my, my wife, for many years when she was younger, worked as a waitress in a restaurant. And she told me horror stories about how there were some pastors in town that waitresses hated, hated to wait on because, you know, what they might get for their tip would be a tract. Well, those are probably given a gospel witness for sure. But make sure that we tip what would be considerable to be right and ethical when you get service at a restaurant because the outside world does pay attention to what pastors do uh, as they live their lives. We received a disturbing phone call here at the church several months ago where a dinner party had uh, spent some time at a restaurant, probably about an hour from our church. And I don't know if they were our church members. I, I certainly hope they were not. But at the end of their time, it was a larger dinner party, six or eight people. They did not leave a, a tip, but they left a gospel tract with our name on it, Faith Baptist Church. Now, it may have been a visitor to our church. It may have been somebody that just had one of our tracks and left it. May not been may not have been one of our church members, but it didn't matter. To that server, that was the message. This what this church is cheap. This church. So the manager of the restaurant called our church. And I'm so glad that he did. 
I'm so glad that he did. Explain the situation. Well, we immediately sent $100 uh, to that restaurant and said, please give this to that server and let her know how, how happy we are uh, that she serves people and that how sorry we are that this was the representation of our church, and certainly this is not who we are. So I'm glad for that opportunity. But what, what if the pastor of a church does that? Well, if the pastor of the church doesn't believe that, well, then he's not going to have a good reputation of those that are without. Obviously, that's just one of many illustrations. The point here is that testimony matters. At the beginning of the list of qualifications, God said, hey, testimony matters, blameless. At the end of the list of qualifications, God again says, testimony matters. And I think I would say to you, my friends, your testimony matters, whether you're a pastor or not. These are ideal qualifications. Don't ever think about a pastor who doesn't have them, but that doesn't mean that all of us should not aspire to this kind of ideal the Holy Spirit-led life will look like the qualifications that are listed in these verses. Well, I hope that does help today. We're going to jump into a new office in the local church and another list of qualifications uh, as we uh, continue this study. So I hope you'll stay with us. Have a great day today. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If everyday truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.